Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Good Works Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about strategic planning, and I promise that's going to be more fun than it sounds. And as always, please stay with us all the way till the end when Sarah and I will tell you what we're looking forward to. Well, hi, Sarah. Hey there. Welcome back from New Zealand. Oh, thank you very much. We loved following your trip. It was amazing. Good. It's good to be back home, though. Is it? Good, good, good. Well, that took a lot of planning. So that's my segue into today's amazing conversation about strategic planning. Woo! Are you ready to take this journey? It's so exciting. We're joking and we're laughing because typically when you mention strategic planning, eyes glaze over and people imagine long, boring processes that result in a binder that nobody touches again. Mm -hmm. But that is not strategic planning. That is simply a waste of time. Correct. Okay. Strategic planning in an organization should create a document or create some kind of path that is really dynamic. It should be something that you look at often and refer to often, and it should really guide decisions along the way so that you make your way toward the, de- the destination that you set in that planning process. Right. Something that's living and breathing and that you can easily, you want to bring it out. You want to check off things. You want to, you know see how you're doing. Right, right. Um, A metaphor that we use here when we're planning, and we actually do a planning process every five years, um, is that the strategic plan helps us decide on what destination we're heading toward. And we'll talk about, are we trying to make our way toward Paris? Or are we making our way toward Orlando? Are we making our way toward Antarctica? Those destinations require wildly different packing strategies and travel strategies. So some of those would require a plane or a boat or a car. And a strategic plan helps you decide what are you going to build. Right. So every time we revisit this, um, what's fun about it is we get to really imagine a much more perfect future for the foundation, but more importantly, for the community we serve. And then we take that vision of what's going to look a lot better, where we're going to see a much improved quality of life, and we say to ourselves, what steps will we take in the next five years to get toward that vision? And then we break it down even more to what steps will we take each year toward that vision? And since a strategic plan has room to breathe, one of the best things is the stuff that comes up along the way. Right. So do you want to talk about sometimes when something great pops up and we say, ooh, this is a great idea, should we pursue it? Yeah. So um, I think the most recent example, and it's been on our work plan for, or had been on our work plan for a couple of years, is just really defining what quality of life for folks here in the region looks like. Um, And so we had things like, research quality of life or reach out to a consultant and start talking about quality of life. Um, But then we really dug into it a couple of years ago um, because we had all these expectations on our nonprofits to kind of benchmark their work and to measure their work. Um, We wanted to see the progress in terms of outcomes and outputs and things like that um, and realized we didn't really have a mechanism to do the same thing. Right. We were holding our nonprofits that we we fund to a slightly different standard than we were holding ourselves. Right. And that realization led us to take a pretty big step. Yeah. And we, I mean, we could see just driving around the communities that we serve, we could see our work. We could see yes. the, you know, the 
um, you know, the playgrounds or the after-school programs or, you know, different things happening in the community, which is wonderful. But we really didn't know whether or not that was enhancing quality of life for folks. So what we did um, is we started working with a local consultant um, to really define what quality of life means, because we certainly could could talk about what it means to us, but we really wanted to talk uh, talk to the general community um, to to get a series of um, measures mm-hmm. in what would what makes their life, you know, good here. And we really wanted that to reflect what local people consider important to quality of life. We didn't want to take um, a box off of a shelf from another community and say, oh, what's important to people in Portland or what's important right. to people in Atlanta. Um, because there's a lot of overlap. Humans have certain needs, but there are a lot of regionalization when it comes to quality of life because the kinds of people that choose to live in the Finger Lakes region, for instance, they must be okay with four seasons of weather right? (laughs) because we can't change that. Um, So we wanted to make sure that we were really asking questions relevant to those of you who live here so that we're making sure to improve the quality of life that, that matters to you. Right. So some of the things that came up were, um, you know, do you have enough access to the kinds of arts and cultural opportunities you want to participate in? How are we doing about taking care of our environment? Is that important to you? Does that enhance your quality of life? Um, What about the economy? We know that that's always a struggle. And so we weren't surprised that some of those things were really, really important to people. Um, So we really dug in and we got a lot of information from um, our locals and then began working with a team of consultants out of um, out of Austin, Texas, who had done her work here previously to really dig in even further. Um, And they created a tool for us based on survey um, responses which we will be receiving sometime in May. That's right. We wanted to take a minute today to say thank you to any of our listeners that took the time to complete our survey. Mm -hmm. Nearly 1,000 community members took that survey. Mm -hmm. And so we have so much data to go through. And to put that in perspective, the the team we worked with out of Austin said they've worked in much larger metro areas and gotten far fewer survey responses. So kudos to the Finger Lakes region for being willing to share your opinions and your thoughts because with every teeny indicator and teeny tiny piece of data, you're helping us get a much better picture of what's going on out there. And if you did complete the survey, thank you so much. But also, if you remember, um, at the end of the survey, you were um, we, we told you you could donate $10 to your favorite um, charitable organization from among the list. So that means almost $10,000 being distributed to some of our local nonprofits. So thank you for that. Yeah, they thank you as well. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason we're bringing this up today is to let you know that in June, we will be doing some work to figure out how to make some of the information public from what we've learned. Um, But more importantly, starting in the fall, we will be working on our next strategic plan, our next five-year plan. And we're going to be taking all of the results of that survey and turning it into action via our five-year plan. And so we're not just going to put that information somewhere on a shelf. But instead, the survey information compiled with a lot of other um, macro data that was collected, we're going to turn that into action for you. So when you tell us what you need to have a higher quality of life, you're going to start seeing that result in some dedicated grant making here. And you'll be able to connect those dots. Mm 
And we'll be replicating that same survey in about five years so that we can plot and see, did we make a difference? Is it better to live here? And we're telling you all of this because we're going to ask you, our community, to help keep us on course. Mm -hmm. You get to say to us, hey, how's that going? And what's going on? And, And I'd like to see more. We are your community foundation. Essentially, the dollars we spend, the dollars we grant belong to everyone. We all get a say. And this survey was our way of trying to make sure that more people than just those that are able to participate in our panels and volunteer and write grants and receive grants, that even more people are involved. So thank you. And we look forward to talking to you about this over the next couple of months. I would also encourage some of our listeners that work for organizations that that have strategic plans to kind of look at it differently um, instead of the dread that goes into like the process. Look at it with some excitement and some opportunity. Um, and and if you have a plan on the shelf, dust it off a little bit, and mm-hmm. and you might find some really. Um, exciting things buried in that plan. Yeah, this may come as no surprise to our longer-term listeners, but when we start our planning process, we are like puppies around here, wiggling and, um, you know, tails wagging. It's exciting. It's a big day. For Sarah, obviously, it means maybe some new office supplies. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it means taking time to think big and think into the future, and that's probably between the two of us, like, that is our joy. Yeah, for sure. So... Sarah, with that in mind, what are you looking forward to in the next couple of weeks here in the Glorious Finger Lakes? So um, this is a really special event that happens every year in Elmira at Wisner Park. Um, Glove House, it's actually the 15th year that Glove House has been sponsoring um, their barbecue in the park. Um, So that's May 23rd. Um, from 11 till about 6 p.m., I think. There's two options. You can go for lunch and you can go for dinner. Um, and food is being provided by Texas Roadhouse. There is a fee for, you know, small fee for lunch or dinner. Um, and that all goes to support Glove House programs. In addition, I hear there's free face painting and some inflatables for kids. So it's really um, going to be a nice, nice day for families and, and folks around the Southern Tier. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And if you aren't familiar with Glove House, please take a chance mm-hmm. on uh, just go to Google, look look up Glove House. I think yeah. it's just glovehouse.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and take a peek at what they do. Yeah. It's remarkable. They're really helping the kids in our community, the teens particularly in our community, mm-hmm. that in um, many other ways aren't aren't thriving maybe um, through no fault of their own. And so Glove House picks them up and and helps them. You might be surprised at what you find out. Um, I know I was, you know, a lot of people have their opinion about Glove House or Glove House kids and what they are um, and what Glove House does. They do so much and they help families and kids so much. It's, It's an amazing organization. Well, thank you for reminding us of that and yeah. also chicken barbecue. Oh, yeah, chicken yeah. barbecue for sure. <laughs> and Randy, what are you looking forward to? Well, okay, we are recording this at the tail end of March, which, oh, March. March <laughs> is the hardest month, in my opinion, in the Finger Lakes weather-wise mm-hmm. because it starts to be sunny and we think it should be nice. We're teased a lot. We're teased a lot. <laughs> it's still so cold. But what happens after March is spring break. And I am greatly looking forward to spring break. And uh, this year, taking a little bit of a detour from our usual plans because um, our daughter is 14 and a freshman in high school. So we've started looking at some colleges. <laughs> and when we made the decision with her to look at colleges early, um, we thought we were, you know, just 
being kind of extra as we're known to be. Um, <laughs> but it turns out, and I'm giving you this advice, listeners, uh, that there are a lot of reasons to do a college search early on in high school, particularly in freshman and sophomore year. By no means are you committing to a school or are you doing anything permanent, but you can really help your students get a sense of the kind of college or university they may want to attend if that's their choice for their future. And then the, the best part of it is by doing that early, believe it or not, a lot of these colleges um, want some specialized course loads in the high school time, in high school. And so they have the time to respond to that. So if you take a peek early and you get a sense of the kind of school your student wants to apply to, they can be much more prepared to for that application process during their senior year because they'll have time freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Also, we've learned, and this is a secret that wasn't a secret, but it was a secret to me, is that colleges look at something called demonstrated interest. Mm. That means they're paying attention to the students that are that are paying attention to them. Mm. They're looking to see, did your student choose to like them on social media or follow them on social media? Has your student gone to a college fair and gone up to their table and interacted with one of their admissions counselors? They're actually keeping track of all of that data on your student. Mm. And it can have a pretty significant impact later when they're making decisions around admissions. When they have someone who's demonstrated a lot of interest in them, they are statistically more likely to admit that student. So I'm giving you this tip because it's something I recently learned, and I feel like I wish I had known that maybe when I was applying to colleges yeah. once upon a time many, many years ago. Um, but kids today, that's something that they can do, and it's well within their control. So get out there and look early. If you're the parent of an underclassman, this is a perfect time to be looking at colleges. And the state of New York has 64 public campuses. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do a thorough search, it takes some time. Um, <laughs> we're going to be taking a trip south and looking at some schools a bit south of here. But if you don't have plans for spring break yet, maybe take a little day trip up to Geneseo or Brockport or over to Fredonia and see what our public colleges and universities have to offer for your family. If for anything, even if you don't have a student who's you know, in, in the high school years or whatever, it's just fun to get a feel of what a campus feels like. Um, or take a walk around Elmira College or go up to CCC and just take a walk, you know, with your 11 or 12 year old so they can get a sense of what a campus even feels like. I love that. That is something you can do with your student of any age. Even a young child can enjoy the beauty of particularly our local yeah. campuses. And it's never too late to think about scholarships. True. So make a list of the scholarships we have at the Community Foundation so when it's time for them to apply they know exactly kind of what's ahead of them. It's a little plug. And then one <laughs> last thought is adult learners. You mm -hmm. may have always wished you had taken a certain class. Um, it's never too late to even just take that one class that might open you up to a whole new world. Yep. So thank you, Sarah, for this conversation. Oh, it's been great. I've enjoyed it. So for those of you who listen to us often, um, thank you for sticking to the end, as um, always. And if you are new to us, um, we really appreciate that. Thanks for finding us and taking some time uh, with your community foundation. <laughs>